I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to this special episode of fangirl radio i'm your host jessica dwyer and tonight um we're going to eat your brain as we talk about zombies and uh in particular it's going to be all about the walking dead tonight on this show um, we're going to talk about the finale, we're going to talk about just how badass the finale was, and we're going to talk with series executive producer, director, and all-around monster-making fiend, Greg Nicotero. Um, yeah. This is going <laughs> to... And, and, as uh, you can tell, we have a, a little addition to the show tonight. Um, we're the all-horror-chick episode tonight. It's a special show, and so that includes myself um, and also uh, extra-special guest host, Barb Brees. Yay, Hello. me! <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, um, I hope they hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> especially if they look like Norman Reedus. Yes, and, ma'am. <laughs> and also... Also with us tonight is the lovely Amanda, um, who is also a monster girl at heart. Yeah, Amanda. I am. Hi. Hi, Amanda. So, all right. Let's just get into this. The finale was awesome. (gasps) Yes. Um, I had, and everyone at this point should have watched it. This is going to air on Thursday of this week. So that means you have no excuse. You've either been spoiled by this point or you've watched the episode. And if you haven't, either way, and you're listening to this, you're going to get spoiled right now. Oh, my yeah. effing God. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was awesome. I mean, this was a, a great ending to, to the second season that started out a little uh, clunky, but, man, it ramped up. And um, this was just phenomenal. We had, de- you know, we had death count. We had just tons of zombies we had new mysteries and all this other good stuff and um so barb what was your what was one of your favorite parts of this finale <clears throat> my one of my favorites although daryl will always have my heart <laughs> i love seeing what a badass herschel is i was oh. just oh my oh. god Open he the guns. Me, oh, <laughs> he made me sit at the edge of my seat. He made me almost cry. I went through the whole roller coaster of emotions with the man. And when the zombie came behind him and Rick was just like dead bang. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, my I watched the uh, the finale with a good friend of mine. And we had the windows open. And I don't think her neighbors appreciated all the noise we were making. 
That's awesome. But, you know, there's no there's no denying that we were going to get excited. And I was just, I had no idea it was going to go on. And I have absolutely nothing bad to say about the finale. It was phenomenal. Oh, I, I agree. I, Herschel was just amazing. And I love the, the, just the whole incredible, uh, you know, it's my farm. I'm going to die here. Um, and that led to one of the best lines of the night by Reedus, which was good as night as any, you know, to, right. if I'm going to die, you know, that was, I thought that was amazing. And, and just, ah, oh, yeah, it's guys like, um, guys like, uh, uh, Scott Wilson, uh, old school, great actors, sell mm-hmm. it. And I love when they add them to cast like this. And he, a lot of people agreed that that was um, his part as uh, Herschel was going to sort of take the, the reins from Dale. And I think right. that's what they're going to do with that. Um, but Amanda, what's your, what was one of your favorite parts of the night? Well, I have to say it was profound what he said um, when he said that he was talking about God saying promise that the um, the dead would walk again. When I heard that, I was like, holy cripes. It was just so amazing to me that he said that. And like Barb, I was, I made a lot of noise too. You can't watch something like this without <laughs> screaming and squealing. I was squealing and I almost cried. And, and the end when that, that chick came, we all know that who it is, you know. When that chick came up with the two zombies on the chains, I was like, what the, holy Oh, oh my! I and I was screaming all these profanities, and my kids were there, <laughs> and I was like, "Hell yeah!" And I was like all excited, and I like flew my arms up, and my legs went up, and it was just oh, uh, this, this episode was awesome. And all I have to say is, what the hell is wrong with Lori? What the, oh. What the oh, Lori needs to man. die. Lori needs to have zombie baby eat its way out of her in a gore-filled alien-esque yes. scene so agreed. I can go, yes! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Neither she man. she needs to get eaten and eaten fast and completely. Oh, her and Carol, too. Oh my oh. god, Carol, how dare you piss me off? Uh, seriously, because th- what, what is up with the women? The only good chick is is uh, Andrea, yeah. because yeah. you you had Carol pulling a lorry with Daryl and Rick. You know, exactly, and I'm like, well, hey, Walking Dead people, why are you making the women out to be such bitches? Come on, Andrea's like the only one. And then I thought, for you know, in that in that scene in the woods, I was, I I thought for a minute, I'm like, oh, don't you dare kill her! Oh, I know. Oh my God, don't you dare kill her! So nerve wracking. <laughs> And I have to say that this sets up for my little thing where I think that Merle and Andrea are going to hook up because she's going to be really pissed that they left her. Right. Well, well, I think I think that they could very well be leading like the comic, where Michonne and everybody at this point knows that she's in the show and they've cast her and everything. Um, in the comic, Michonne comes between Carol and her man. Well, they've set it up that Carol and her man is Daryl. So I'm like, ooh, silent killer people knocking boots. Yeah. I would be like, (laughs) make pretty, pretty babies. And you know what? Um, Would be even more badass is if they do hook up and then Merle comes along. He is so not going to be happy with his baby brother. Oh, my God. Think about that for a minute. He's going to be like, they got Walker fever. She's got Walker fever. No, Merle ain't going to be about that. 
silence. You got a point. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> my mind's like, whoa. Amanda's like, silence. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm sorry, but come on, think about that. That would just be the final betrayal to Merle if his brother hooked up with an African-American chick. So it's, it, there's so much stuff there that could happen that I hope they do. And it would just be awesome. Because you know Merle's, you, you know they're setting it up that he's helping the governor. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, the prison. Oh, my God. It was oh, so that was crazy. awesome. I, I peed myself a little at that point. That was just, oh, that was, that was so good. Um, but, of course, we got to talk about Michonne showing up and saving Lori's ass. Or Lori Holden's ass. I'm sorry, Andrea. That's always so confusing. There's Lori and there's a Lori, but... Nothing. Right. Yes, but Nobody Andrea wants to see Lori saved. Everybody just no. wants Lori. No, <laughs> <laughs> just like here, cut her head off and be done with it. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I I was really I that 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 was the one that everybody and their brother on on Facebook that I was talking to all my friends just died. That was such a surprise, and uh, I loved how it looked just like the comic book. Mm-hmm. It was Definitely. so so well done. Um, so, Barb, what's another point of uh, enjoyment for you in the episode? <laughs> I like that Rick stood up and finally grew a pair. <laughs> the group was like just getting on my nerves after he disclosed the whole CDC secret, you know, which everybody pretty much knew what it was going to be outside of yeah. the show but everyone's reaction after he he spilled it just kind of like it pissed me off and then you know rick's like well this is what we're gonna do you can be with me or you can be not with me and i'm like you go boy i just like seeing him because he's such a bleeding heart <laughs> but yeah i just liked him seeing him just like take the rain and he's just like, you know, it, it seemed to a point where he just didn't care. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. If you want to survive, you're going to do what I say. Otherwise, you're on your own and good luck to you. Well, he sort of had like a meltdown, which I, I thought was a long time coming, especially with Lori and her horrified reaction oh. to what she instigated. Exactly. I mean, what did she want? The have her cake and eat it too kind of thing? I mean, what did she want? So it sort of... Uh, you know, I I don't understand her her attitude. Uh, I know on Talking Dead they said that she was mad at herself, but I don't think so. I think she thought that you know what she'd seen already, which was this dangerous mindset that uh, she had to realize that these two men were going to kill one another, or one of them was going to die mm-hmm. over this. I mean, the, the rules are out the window at this point. There is no law, even though these are lawmen. That's how topsy-turvy the ro- world is now. And you stupid bitch, <laughs> you just got one killed. Exactly. You know? in, a, in a world... Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> she just irked me. And then, of course, she had to spend, like, for, you know, five minutes. Carl, where's Carl? <laughs> She's like, like, damn, man, it's like the zombie apocalypse and you can't keep track on your kid. It's just like, just, oh my God. Uh, Yeah, she just irks me. This is the same woman that out of, in a world where there are no cars on the road, 
you managed to have an accident. <laughs> you are not fit for being a mom at all. You think no. that Carol's the worst mother? No. Oh my her god. Kid yeah. got, her kid got turned into a zombie and you're still the worst mother than Carol. Oh. That's <laughs> damn sad too. <laughs> it's just like Oh, oh my god. god. So Amanda, what's another point that you really enjoyed in this uh, in the finale? Well, I don't know if I really enjoyed it, but it was the same things that you guys were talking about was her reaction when he said that was just totally outrageous. It just made me want to kick her in her throat because I was like, really? <laughs> the acting was real good. Like, she did a good job of acting like she was going to pass out or something, you know, like wobbling or whatever. But and then she got back to the camp and, and Carl was there and, and he said, Rick said, I killed him. What are you going to do? And then Carl started bawling and she's holding Carl. And I'm like. And Carol, Carol pissed me off too because she was like at the campsite. Do you think we should trust him after you know this and that? You think we should trust him? And it's like, really, you guys are going to treat him like that after one thing that he did, and you guys are still alive and you're going to talk like that. And T Dog, I thought he was going to die. What happened there? Oh, I, I thought he was going <laughs> to die too. Um, and I just, I have to make a, I have to say something here because this is so funny. Our, our special guest tonight just popped up and he just said, um, I was telling, I let him know that we were finishing up our discussion and we would be bringing him home momentarily. And he said, don't tell me yet. I haven't seen it. What? Oh, <laughs> what? oh my God. And, he, he's, and he's like, just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of the discussion we're going to have tonight with our special guest. <laughs> But uh, I thought T-Dog was going to bite it. I I really did. I thought it was going to be him. And I was hoping for a little Carol angst-ridden Daryl action. But that didn't happen instead. Um, But, uh, yeah, I, you know, they did a great job with this one. And and I, uh, it was a rocky beginning to the season. A lot of people were complaining because of the whole Sophia storyline. But I thought they did an amazing job with it. And... I really can't wait until we get the governor on screen because I really want to oh. know what they are doing with him. How are we supposed to wait till fall? That is just terrible that we have to wait that long. And then they're going to do, they're talking about doing the, the whole split season again. And I'm like, no. Okay, we got. We have to talk to, we have to talk to Greg about this and find out exactly what's going on if we can get it out of him. We have to find we out must. if they're doing another damn split season. Oh, God. I wanted to, to touch on the T-Dog thing. Yeah. I noticed. They, I thought he was bite it, too, because they gave him more dialogue in that episode than he's had <laughs> the whole season. So I'm like, they're going to let him talk and give him lines just because he's going to get killed. Yes. Which, you know, didn't happen. I just thought that was amusing. I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, all this time and now he's going to talk? I'm like... Jeez, man. Well, you know, they kind of did that with Dale. They uh, they gave him, like, this, you know, uh, saga of trying to save Randall. And then, you know, slurp. I right. guess. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, I, think, I think now would be a good time to bring on our, our special guest. Um, and uh, he is very special. He's, uh, he's a great guy. He's one big old geek that has made good. And... Um, He's a massive zombie fan. He's one of the original zombie crew. Uh, started out with Savini and company on the Romero flicks, and now he's actually uh, become executive producer, directing, 
creature creator on uh, The Walking Dead, and um, we're going to definitely pick his brain and eat little pieces of it to, to gain his powers. Um, <laughs> so um, we're going to bring on Greg Nicotero here, and he's, he's going to have his trial by fire with uh, the Fangirl Horror Brigade here in just a moment. Hey, Greg. Hi. Hi. So let me introduce you to the crew here. Um, ladies, uh, this is Greg Nicotero. Greg, this is Barb and Amanda. Hi, Greg. Hello. Hi there. Oh, thank you for coming on, and we're going to like launch into and try to pry out of you everything we can uh, for the next upcoming episodes and season and such. Whatever, but, uh, uh, whatever you want, I, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> but I, the one thing I've been dying to ask you because. Um, your your episode the episode that you directed uh this season with uh you know with the demise of of dale which was just heart-wrenching and and heartbreaking as much as the web series you did um how was it as a fan of the comics um to to twist around and change the the mythos of the comics with such a massive change to the story to be the one directing it and 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 being in charge with that how did that you know how did you get into the mindset to do this and how was it to film well you know it's it, that's an interesting it's an interesting question because ultimately you know we we want to serve the material and it's whatever direction the material takes us and you know i'll i'll, I'll reference something that stephen king had said back when we did the mist uh which was he said you know if i would have thought of that ending I probably would have put that in the short story because he found Darabont's ending tremendously satisfying. And I think with The Walking Dead, it's it's a very, very similar situation. If you really think about the fact that this graphic novel's been around for, you know, so many years, and it's very, very possible that if Kirkman and the guys would have thought of this back then, they probably would have done it they they probably would have done it a little bit differently. I mean, it's a very it's a very free flowing um, storyline. So with uh, with this, I remember because you know, I mean, I've known Jeff Demon for as long as I've known Frank. Mm -hmm. So it was it was sad for me to know that that Jeff was going to go, and I know that um, they brought up on uh, on the show last night. When, they, when Glenn and Robert were on The Talking Dead afterwards, they talked about the fact that originally Herschel was going to get killed off as well as Dale. And I remember thinking, God, you know, you start killing off the, uh, the sort of grounded parts of the, of the show and it's going to be really tricky to do. But, you know, the thing you got to love about it is um, the show really doesn't have any boundaries. And I think that's what, what really surprises people. So with with the episode I directed that was written by Angela Kang, who, who is a great writer, you know, first of all, she gave me great stuff to do. Second of all, if you really think about that episode, it's probably the first episode in a long time where, number one, every single character has something significant happen to them. And number two is you have one scene where every single actor in the show is in a room together talking. And uh, that was something that hadn't happened in a long time, you know, where you get all the actors together. And to have Jeff DeMond, you know, he and I went out to dinner 
uh, when I had gotten the outline for the episode, he and I went to dinner and talked about it. And he, you know, he had sort of confided in me that he was really, he was really happy that I was the guy sort of taking him out. And, you know, we shared a lot about, you know, what he felt his character would say and what he felt that his character would do. Um, so it was, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it was a phenomenal experience. And, you know, being on set and shooting, specifically shooting his death scene, it was, uh, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I mean, everybody, everyone, you know, cast and crew alike were, you know, they were really choked up to see, to see him go. And, and, you know, it was a, it was a bold and challenging move. And, you know, considering it was the first hour of television I've ever directed, and they handed me a script saying, "Okay, you have to kill the lead character off, and <laughs> handle all of his great dramatic moments." You know, it was. Uh, I'll have to be honest, and this is probably the first time I've ever said this. I was scared to death when I first thought about. It. I thought, "Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, you know, kill him and figure out how I want to do it and how it's gonna be." thought-provoking and moving and you know i had a lot of people like email me afterwards like you asshole you made my wife cry and i was like oh, wait your wife cried or did you cry okay fine I, you know. I admitted i i admitted to you an email that you made me cry so thank you for that again <laughs> it was listen i mean jeffrey is such a fantastic actor and uh you know there i this the moment where he um, where Norman Reedus takes the gun out of Andy's hands and points the gun at his uh, at his forehead. One of the later takes was when Jeffrey just was looking up and sort of just slightly lifted his chin up and leaned towards the gun, and it literally sent a chill through everyone. We all looked at each other like, "Oh my God, is this is this amazing? This guy's so great." It was a uh, it was really it, it was one of the proudest moments of my career to be able to 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 be in the trenches with that group of people. So, Barb, do you have a question? I do. Uh, first off, I wanted to say that I know you had a birthday recently, so I wanted to wish you a happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Yay, you're welcome. I just wanted to know. I know you've you've made cameos as zombies on The Walking Dead. You are the deer eating zombie, and yes. I, I was just wondering how much fun it was for you to be in front of the camera, and also how awesome is it that they made an action figure of you? Well, you know, I uh, my action figure is is so awesome that I told Simon that my action figure was going to fight his Shaun of the Dead action figure. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, I think someone called me a nerd, and I went, yeah, so. Uh, it's, it's great. It's really fun. It's so much fun being in front of the camera and doing that. You know, a lot of it is uh, necessity. You know, like when I was the deer-eating zombie, that sequence that was one of the few zombie sequences in that episode. So we knew it had to be spectacular. And also just out of necessity, it was like, well, we have a mold for my head in the shop and we have to make a decapitated zombie head and we have to build all this stuff. And we don't really have a lot of time to life cast people in Georgia, send the life cast back to L.A., create all the stuff. So I had, uh, I had the guys in the shop sort of build that stuff her specs and i think originally the idea was i was going to play the zombie that killed amy mm -hmm. and then when that came up 
it was like, oh, well, we need a fake head of that particular zombie, so I guess I should play that one, and we'll use the hero makeup for that sequence. And then when we got to the sequence with Amy, they ended up doing just a different makeup on me. And it's funny that people that I know are like, I knew that was you. <laughs> so, um, so those guys, uh, those you know, there are a lot of people that that actually know that it's me, and we're like, oh, I get it, I see. Anyway, but and you know, uh, I'm sure you saw the episode last night, yes? Yes. yes. I was originally going to play the zombie that killed Patricia. Oh, and, okay. And we had blocked out all the action, and I had sort of rehearsed it rehearsed it with her a little bit and literally at the last minute they're like well wait you can't be in that shot you have to direct that shot so for a for a split second i thought "Ooh, i want to direct in zombie makeup how exciting would that be <laughs> right. uh, to be in zombie makeup and then yell action and then bite her neck <laughs> uh, but uh Unfortunately, that I didn't get a chance to do it because we literally shot that the last night of the episode, and we uh, we shot Jimmy, we shot her, we shot the barn burning down. I mean, it was just that was a pretty insane night. So for me to take an hour and a half and walk off set and go sit in a makeup trailer, I, I think you know was I was talked out of it pretty quickly. So were you doing second unit on on that episode? Oh yeah, there was a ton of stuff. Uh, that we shot in uh, in 213 that was you know Jimmy's death was all stuff that we shot Patricia's death uh, I shot a lot of the like the zombies on fire even the opening with the zombies in this in uh, downtown Atlanta and hearing the helicopter and sort of shambling off that was all uh, that was all stuff that I had shot oh wow so, oh cool yeah there they're working you to death on that show. Yep. <laughs> uh, believe me, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. And you know, of course, I go to work every day, going, "Okay, coach, what do you need me to do?" You know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of ready. If I had to make muffins for everyone on set, I probably would do it and still, and still be a zombie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Amanda, do you have a question? Mine was more of a comment on the on the episode that you directed. Um, where they're all sitting in the same room together. I have to say that episode was like really profound for me because it was kind of tricky to me because you didn't know if, if Dale was going to go out and kill himself. I thought Dale was really going to go out and kill himself because he got he was so hopeless and it would have been so so profound that if he would have did that because he talked Andrea out of it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just really love it that you guys are so tricky and you're writing and directing and things like that, and the and the helicopter sequence where it shows how the zombies got to the farm because everyone was like, "How the heck did all those zombies get there? What the heck?" You know, they were like freaking out trying to figure it out. And I love the way you guys put that together, that it showed it, and 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 it, they were so mechanical at it. That's my input. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's part of what makes the show great. You know, it's a. I, I was talking to someone today. It's a very delicate balance that uh, that it it sounds easy on paper, but you take great actors, you take great storytelling, and you take a great monster, and you mix them all together. And nine times out of ten, it explodes in your face. And it's that one time where you have the just the right amount of ingredients. You know, if 
if the characters weren't great, the monsters wouldn't be scary. And if mm -hmm. the monsters weren't scary enough, the characters wouldn't have anything to react to or to play off of. And if those characters and monsters didn't have a great story, so it's a, it, it's really intriguing to be, especially to be involved in this level. You know, I mean, you know, Gail and and Frank last year when we wrapped the first season uh, called and just said, you know, you your contribution to the show is much more than just a makeup effects artist. You know, you creatively you understand the show. You know what direction uh, the show needs to go. In, and, you know, we value your input creatively and artistically. So, you know, they offered me the consulting producer credit because of my contribution on set. And that, you know, I, I said to Gail, that, that just doesn't happen. People in, people in this town don't go out of their way to acknowledge other people. That's just not, it just doesn't feel like it's the way the industry works a lot of times. I mean, granted, there are there are certainly fantastic people in this town, but but I always found it intriguing that when someone just steps up and says, "Hey, you know, we really want to uh, we want to acknowledge your contribution to something," that's not why we do it. We do it because we love it. You don't do it for the you don't do it for the pat on the back. You do it because you want other people to email you and say, "I started crying when I watched the show last night," or or something <laughs> like that. So right, it uh, it's a really it's a really amazing balance, and there's a there's a great writing staff, and uh, you know, and the actors, you know, you, you, they the actors are so fantastic. You know, Andy Lincoln, all of them. You know, aside from the fact that they're all amazing actors, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to go on set with a guy like Jeff Demon, who has to literally pour his heart out for an entire day like we shot that sequence uh when they're all well, i called it the tribunal sequence when they're all together we had one day to shoot that scene and wow. i'll tell you at, at the end of every take the actors were applauding that was how how moved they were with with jeff's performance and his eyes you know you you see the moisture in his eyes and we put him we put him in that area of the room because it was the sun was supposed to be setting, and I wanted I wanted the light to be directly on his face as if he was on the spotlight because even though he wasn't on trial, he was pleading his case to the jury. So he was, you know, he was sort of in the hot seat, so to speak, and it was uh, it was it was amazing. It really was just completely. Uh, captivating. There were a couple times when I was watching the take that that I would get so engrossed in watching it that I would forget that I was watching them. You know, there was the scene with um, <clears throat> the scene with Andrea and Dale where he goes into the RV at the beginning and she says, "Well, what do you want me to do?" You know, and and she, he they talk about her being a human rights lawyer and. That's a great moment because what we really wanted to do was make sure that that the Andrea Dale storyline it was more gut wrenching to know that they had actually gotten to the point where you could see that they had mended what was broken with them for ten previous episodes. Mm -hmm. And he slides the gun over to her and he she says, Fine, I'll watch your prisoner for you, but you're wrong about this one. And 
I, you know, I've known Lori for equally as long as I've known Jeff. And I sat, I sat in the RV when we rehearsed that, and I watched those two talk. And I pulled Lori Holden aside later, and I said, you know, I've done a lot of movies, and I've been in a lot of movie sets. I said, I actually got lost in watching you guys talk, and I forgot I was watching Lori and Jeff. And I really genuinely believed that at that moment I was transported into that world, sitting in the RV, eavesdropping on a conversation between Andrea and Dale. I mean, it was such a weird moment that I actually stepped out of the RV and was like, holy hell, I've never experienced anything like that before. It was, it was really it was fascinating. Well, that's testament to, to Lori Holden because in the set, next episode, I heard or I, that scene where she's just there with Glenn and she's yeah. just staring off. No words, just her face. And you knew what she was thinking. And, and I got choked up watching that one. I mean, that's two weeks in a row that I'm bawling because of, of this show, which is supposed to be just a zombie show, but it's not. And well, no, not it's, uh, it, it's definitely not. But you know, what's, yeah. what's amazing also is that I love that scene too. I love that, that, uh, Lori, yeah, she's looking off and she has a slight smile on her face and it's like, she's, She's fondly remembering something about Dale. And the moment where, where Stephen says, uh, it's a flathead, you know, was something that when they're talking about the screwdriver. Right. That was a throwback to the original, to the first episode where Glenn, where, um, I'm sorry, where Dale is trying to teach Glenn how to fix the broken hose in the RV when the RV is stranded. And he literally, Dale says to him, Listen, if you're going to survive in this world, you got to learn how to do something as simple as changing a busted out radiator hose and hands him the flathead screwdriver. So when Stephen Yun is standing in the in there with his head and kind of tightening the tightening the screw and he gets choked up and he has that little sort of moment where you think he's going to burst into tears and Andrea is standing there. God, it was such a beautiful moment i saw steven the other day and i was like dude you gotta be kidding me that was that was so great i mean it's all the actors i mean the scene the scene with uh with john bernthal and and andy lincoln that when, when shane is killed god that was uh again just uh, all that stuff it's so powerful and you know i i, I will i will again apply that to the fact that the one one quote I always say about the show is there's nothing television about The Walking Dead. We literally make mini movies every single week. We shot, you know, the, the that end episode of uh, the season finale last night. I mean, you could put that up against a lot of zombie movies that, that take a lot more than nine days to shoot. And it would win. Exactly. <laughs> it would it would beat them down hands down. Just on the caliber of performances alone, even. I mean, they, you guys take it seriously. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that. That's a perfect, that's a perfect way of bringing it up because I was talking to someone today and the one thing that The Walking Dead does, uh, which, which I think a lot of people maybe take for granted a little bit is everyone respects the material. There's such a respect for the genre. There's such a respect for the storytelling 
um, that it really does, that everyone takes it seriously. I mean, it could have been easy for one of these actors to show up and go, oh, yeah, it's a bunch of guys in makeup and the blood's fake and, and this and this. But, you know, none of them did that. They're, every single person in the cast is so dedicated to putting 150% effort into making the show great. It was funny because last night I was, I, was, uh, I was talking to Norman Reedus during the commercial breaks and as soon as the show would start up again, he would hang up on me. And then when they got to the next commercial break, he would call me back. Because I keep forgetting that, you know, as a producer, I've seen it. But no one else had seen it. And let's talk about, let's talk about the fact that we shot that episode in November. And for the most part, you know, from aside from like two or three buttheads on the internet, we really were able to keep a lot of that stuff quiet. And it's not about... It's not about spoilers, and it's not about this. It's just like we want the audience to have a great experience. And the one thing that you realize is that even if somebody posts photos or puts a spoiler up there on the Internet, which, you know, of course, we all discourage, people still watch the show. Mm -hmm. they, they, you know, they, they want to be a part of the universe, and they want to be a part of the Walking Dead world. And and experience it as a shared experience and you know it's pretty it's pretty astounding to me that uh that people you know it it had you know the first and second airings yesterday 11 million people watched wow. the show i mean it broke records which is it awesome <laughs> so and i still it's still you know i it's funny cuz i get the emails saying, here's the ratings information from everyone, and I still can't comprehend. I, I just, you know, I mean, there were 9 million views on the 10 o'clock, uh, uh, the 7 o'clock premiere only, and the first and the encore was 11, like 10 and a half million people watched watched the show. I mean, it's it's unfathomable to, to really comprehend how many people watch the show and the fact that the show is picking up speed every week more and more people watch it more and more people get it you know i get the craziest emails from some of the some of the best people just like scott ian from anthrax is like dude i love the show what's gonna happen you know he's emailing me from moscow yesterday telling <laughs> me how much he loved the show it's just uh it kill it kills me it's it's amazing well, I, I had to ask this um, because it, we, there was a little bit of debate about what it was, and I know that's why you guys uh, have filmed it the way you did. When, when Shane changed and you had those flashes on screen, of which just scared the living crap out of me, by the way. I wasn't expecting anything like that because <laughs> you'd never seen anything like that on the show. Was that to, I know, did you combine that to look like maybe what it was like to become one of the walkers? Or yeah, was that, that was exactly, that was exactly the plan. The intention, the intention was, um, we, we had seen other lead characters bitten and turn, you know, we saw, um, you know, we saw Amy in season one and then Sophia in this season, but you were never really to able to experience it from the point of view of that character from the point of view of that character uh changing and you know we shot all those flashes uh and and the idea was is that you're supposed to be inside 
Shane's head as those flashes are signifying his transition from dead to a walker. Oof. That's gnarly. Because a lot of people were thinking it was, oh, this is just showing you the horde outside. But I'm like, no, "No, this is, I think this is his, inside his brain. I mean, this is what it's like. And that's horrible. Yeah, that's exactly, that was exactly what it was. So, and you know, the guy who directed that episode, Guy Furland, uh, Guy directed the season finale last year and he directed a couple episodes this year. He's really, you know, he's, he was really strong and he, uh, he was really dedicated to making that that moment, um, that moment play. And you know, again, from a story, from a story point, I, I I was the first one when I read the story document. I was the first one to say to to Robert, you know, I kind of miss, I kind of miss Carl not shooting Shane. You know, that's that's the 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 moment in the comic book that I read that I was like, holy crap, this is. This is something different to see the little kid shoot him. Uh, and I remember calling calling Robert and saying, you know, I love the pitch for Rick killing Shane and then Carl coming back and shooting him, but I kind of miss that moment. And uh, they said, well, you know, it's a great moment and we're sort of on the fence about it. We're not quite sure which way to go. And, you know, it, it ended up being that it was a transitional moment for Rick's character because Rick needed to take possession of the group again. And, and there was only one way to do it. It wasn't like in the graphic novel where it was a surprise to, to him because it happened in, you know, the first, you know, couple issues, you know, at some point the audience was going to be like, guys, if Rick doesn't catch on soon, we're going to start losing interest in him as a character because he needs to take he needs to take control of the situation and so he and so by killing Shane that's that really you know and it goes back to earlier when he kills Tony and Dave in the bar in uh in 209 which is the first time that Rick actually takes a human life and he does it to protect the group so if you really think about it Everything that Rick does, he does to protect the group and, in his mind, protect his wife and his kids. But what's great about Shane and fantastic about John Bernthal's um, performance is Shane's equally dedicated to protecting the group. He just goes about it completely the wrong way. And John and I talked about this. It's like John's intentions, he cares about, he cares about Lori. He cares about Carl. He wants to do what's best for them. And if that means removing Rick from the equation to protect the two of them, then that's fine by Shane. He's okay doing that. And the fact that that's, that his intentions are good, and uh, he just really just went about it completely the wrong way, makes Shane a really tragic, uh, his death really tragic. Oh, and not, I, I was not just a he's not just a villain, and you know I don't think John ever played it that way. And there were there were some fantastic moments, especially one in in my episode when when Carl sneaks into the top of the shed to look at Randall, and he's sitting there with that little sort of Damien quality <laughs> where he's looking down at him. Um, I you know, and and then when Shane 
grabs him and pulls him out of the shed and is like, Carl, what's the matter with you? You could have got yourself killed. And he's like, please don't tell my mom. He's like, just, you know, that guy will say anything to you that he can. You can't trust him. You can't believe him. And then as he's walking away, Shane says, Carl, try not to get yourself killed. And he, and, and, and John delivered it. He was sort of choked up a little bit. So you genu- genuinely believe that Shane was worried about him. Shane got scared. It's like seeing your, your kid stick his hand in, you know, try to put his hand into a fire or something. And you're like, you get it, your instant reaction is anger because you're afraid. And then when you're able to step back and go, okay, well, I was just scared and now I'm okay. And then, of course, the next scene we cut to is my Sam Raimi shot of Carl walking through the woods and the camera tracks along the that creek and up over Carl's shoulder and you see the zombie and you're thinking, wait, Shane just told you to try not to get yourself killed and what are you going to do? A lot of people <laughs> thought you we were going to kill Carl in that scene. I think a lot of people would have been okay with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened? Well, listen, I, I got to say, Chandler Riggs, he, it was funny, I called him uh, the end of that week and uh, I, I couldn't get a hold of him. I, got a, I talked to his mom, Gina, and I said, you know, I wanted to make sure that Chandler was okay, and I wanted to congratulate him on a great job because he did a fantastic job in that episode. And I said to his mom, like, I hope that, you know, he's not taking a lot of this Internet stuff to heart because, of course, everybody on the Internet are like, oh, the kid's weird, he's creepy, he's scary, it's his fault, Dale's dead, blah, blah, blah. And his mom said, are you kidding? He loves it. He's, like, <laughs> eating it up that um, – that people were talking about his character and and what he what he was able to do. So I love that even Chandler Riggs is like, yeah, man, I'm gonna bring it. You give me something to do, I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be great. So that's awesome. Okay, Amanda, I think you have a question. Yeah, um, I also wanted to comment on the whole Shane thing. Is the, the the most powerful moment for me with Shane is when Lori was sitting out there saying that she was sorry and the look on his on his face while he was fixing the windmill. Um, yeah, that was like really really intense for me and I and I wasn't for sure if he was like going kind of crazy with the emotion you know for what she said and I, I'm still trying to figure out if she did that on purpose or if she was genuine about it. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think she just I think she was her thing was. I, the impression I always got from Lori was that she wanted both, but she, she couldn't figure out how to have both of them because the scene where she's whispering into Rick's ear, like Shane's dangerous. Yeah. He's tr- he says the baby is his. He says this, and there's that great sort of slow tracking in shot on Andy's face, and you're looking at it going. She did not just do that. Mm-hmm. It, she, the the fact that she planted that, and then she goes over to Shane at the windmill and and puts it out there again to him. Like I didn't, you know, I, I I'm sorry and all that stuff. It's like she keeps stringing him along, and then she whispers in Rick's ear and man, it was a, she's like the perfect lady Macbeth. I called, I called <laughs> Sarah and was like, Oh my God, that was, you know, cause I wasn't on set when they shot that scene with, with her and Andy Lincoln in the tent, I was prepping my episode. So I wasn't, I missed that scene. So when I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, it, it was, it was such a chilling, it was a really chilling moment to see the, the look in Andy's eyes while she's like, 
slowly saying he he needs to be dealt with. He needs to be taken care of. And uh, it, it, was, it was totally Shakespeare. I mean, oh, without around. doubt, without a doubt. And you know, I mean, I think that goes again to a lot to the writers and a lot to you know the amazing, amazing performances. I, I still think that they need to have the zombie baby come out and r- yes. rip her open alien style after all of that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we uh, they did that in Dawn of the Dead remake, so I think uh, I think we've moved beyond that. Um, well, one thing I, I was going to ask um, before I forget the, the question uh, was I wanted to know how it came to be that you all got David Morrissey for the governor because I think that's like super casting and you know i i haven't even met i haven't met david yet uh that all that all sort of transpired uh over you know not over the summer i feel like over the summer but it wasn't that long ago um it was again you know i mean the show it's all about great actors and great performers and um i know andy lincoln is friends with him and Andy and Glenn had spoken about it, and, uh, you know, David, I haven't met him yet, so I'm actually kind of excited to, to meet him, but uh, it's another British guy taking a lead role, you know, what are you going to do, With Andy and now him, they'll be off, uh, they'll be off talking about stuff that, you know, fish and chips and whatever, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> But I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I mean, you know, this season it's uh, one of the things that made me laugh was when we wrapped two thirteen, and we did the the playback at Warner Brothers was the second week in January, and uh, a bunch of us went to watch the episode, and it was on a Friday, and then the following Tuesday they opened the writers' room for season three, so. Our hiatus consisted of a three-day weekend from wrapping season two oh, wow. to opening the uh, opening the writers' room for season three, and uh, everyone's like, "Hey, what are you working on?" I was like, well, "What do you think I'm working on?" I never really <laughs> stopped working. You know, you can't. Uh, you know, you can't. You can't. Even though you know we're doing. Tarantino's movie and we're doing a couple other projects you know it was always knowing when we were going to start shooting again and how many episodes we were going to have and how many walkers we have to do and and the gags and things that come up um it's uh you know we literally had a three day a three day weekend from season two to season three and you know the I think for me one of the hardest things was shooting my episode because I shot uh, the end of September to like October 12th, I think was when I wrapped my episode. Then I flew to New York and we did New York Comic Con. And I realized that I couldn't talk about my episode <laughs> until March. So, oh. I, so I had to go from October 12th all the way till March. And even people that were diehard fans and friends who were like, dude, just tell me, come on, just tell me what happens. And I said, do you really want me to tell you? And like, no, 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 don't tell me. I don't want you to ruin it. So even people that, like, there was a few friends that went, just tell me, I'm not going to tell anybody. And I, I said, well, but then I'm going to ruin it for you. And then the experience, um, even watching it out of order, you know, everybody has to, you got to watch the show in 
sequence in order to get some of the things that happened, uh, especially with my episode. And I had a couple friends last week that watched the entire series in like a day and a half just to get caught up so that when my episode aired, they would be caught up with it. Um, but not being able to talk about it. And I have a funny story. We were at the premiere for The Walking Dead in L.A. It was like October 8th. It was the middle of our shoot. In the middle of my shoot, I we all flew to L.A. for the premiere. And I was standing there talking to Dana Gould, who's a brilliant comedian. And uh, Jeff DeMunn walked over and said, uh, he said, hey, um, I'm going to probably take off soon because I got to get, we got an early flight tomorrow because we got to get back to Georgia because you got to kill me next week. Oh, and no. Dana Gould was standing there and his mouth hit the floor. And then Jeff's like, all right, Greg, good night. And patted me on the shoulder and walked away. And Dana was like, did he, did I, did he? <laughs> I said, you didn't hear anything. Just walk away. Pretend like you don't know. So, uh, it was just, you know, it was, again, going back to that whole scenario of, God, not being able to talk about it and share it with anybody outside of, you know, outside of our, our little group, you know, with the writers and the, and, uh, and the actors and stuff. And that's, that's hard, you know. It's hard to, to keep that stuff quiet. Even, you know, it's funny, even Howard Berger, who doesn't read the scripts and never only watches the show when it airs. He came into my office the other day and I was touching up a photo of Shane as a zombie. And uh, he was like, looked at my computer and went, what is that? What is oh. that? And I, said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Because he, uh, <laughs> you know, he just loved the idea of not knowing. Oh, man. Well, I, I think we're going to have to wrap up here. Unfortunately, Greg, I could talk to you like all night. I know the girls right? could too. Um, Absolutely, but uh, we want you co to come back and and share more because you're you're a big fanboy just like us. So it's Listen, I'd be, I'd be happy to. I'm I'm honored that uh, that you guys wanted me on the show, and I'm I I'd be happy to do it. We should do a <sighs> we'll do a follow up anytime you want. Oh, totally. Nice. And uh, one question I have for you before we cut we cut the the show off. Are we going to have another giant hiatus in between sections of the season next season? You know, I, I don't know. The only thing I know about this year um, is <clears throat> one of the things, when you, when you air a show in October like we do, then you get into December and it's Christmas and Sunday Night Football and the Super Bowl and all those things that, that distract um, loyal Walking Dead viewers. Things that are um, evil and I, should be destroyed. Well, <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I can't say that because I'm from Pittsburgh and the Steelers should win every year. But <laughs> I, I think that that I think that you know that has a little bit to do with it because if you look at you know the the uh, if you look at you know people everybody goes on everyone goes on vacation and. And people don't really, uh, you know, we want people to follow the show and love the show and be, uh, and be, you know, and involved in it as it's airing because you don't want people to go online the next day and read the updates and go, oh, well, that's what happens. Okay, I don't need to see that because that, 
that sometimes happens. You get busy with stuff, and then it's like, I'm too busy to watch the show. I'll just DVR it and watch it the next day. And then three days later, it goes by, and you haven't watched it. But, of course, somebody spoiled it for you. So it, it really is about making the experience uh, a, a, a satisfying one. And so I, I, I don't know for sure what what the plan is for this year, but I know that that certainly had uh, had – a lot to do with it last year anyway we were sad we need our fix yes. exactly. yeah but just think how exciting it was when when uh when it came back on and the fact that the way that it was broken up was we had you know our first eight and then you know and five and you know it it literally exploded into uh into into the mainstream consciousness again once it started airing again in, in on February 12th, I think, or whatever. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing that you can get that many people that excited about a television event when rarely do people get that enthusiastic about something. So to have a show uh, of this caliber with this quality talent, it's, you know, it's just... Uh, doesn't happen all the time. Doesn't happen that often. So, no, it doesn't. Well, no, Greg, not at all. I want to just say thank you so much for for coming on and, and joining us and, and sharing all these great stories and giving us the insight. Um, we we didn't get to pick enough of your brain, but like we said, you're coming back at some point, so we'll definitely Yay. pick more of it. And no Barb, Amanda, you better, you better schedule like six hours, and we'll do a marathon. You got that, Amanda? Six hours. <laughs> Do a running commentary with an episode, and you can record oh it and God. put it online. You, that <laughs> oh, that would be, be awesome! Actually, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Why did I not think of that? That would be great. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'll there you, you go. That. We got him for an we got him for an episode. So gonna he's gonna be We're gonna all be screaming and crying and slobbering and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> There's curse words gonna be yeah. flying. It's gonna have to be a Sabbath Saturday one for sure. For <laughs> well, Barb, yeah, Amanda. Tell me, yeah, tell me if I'm allowed to curse or not because I never know. <laughs> oh, we we'll we'll totally have to allow cursing in that one. That'll be a special exclusive download from iTunes. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Well, guys, um, I say goodbye to Greg. Greg, thank you so much. I uh, want to thank you for coming on, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks, ladies. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 And ladies and gentlemen, Greg Nicotero, one of the coolest guys in Hollywood. Oh, my so, God. Um, and uh, I wanted to say thank you, guys. I know we went over, but my God, come on. That was, a, that was I, you can't stop talking about this show. It's too good. So, I want to thank you all. I want to thank my special guest host Barb. I want to thank Amanda for um, making this a great episode. The horror chicks get to talk about zombies with the zombie man himself, Mister Nicotero, and uh, you know, tune back into The Walking Dead when it starts back up in October, and be sure to buy the season two DVD set with that cool, cool bust with the zombie with the screwdriver through its head. Yes. That's when awesome. it comes out and uh thank you guys so much hope you enjoyed it and um be sure if you're available in columbus ohio tomorrow because this show is going to air the day before come to horror weekend and say hi and uh for my guest host and my uh awesome producer i want to tell you good night thanks fangirl radio signing off <laughs>